Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup podcast. My name is Joe Glover and I am very, very grateful for your attention, for your ears and for your time. Thank you so much for spending this little bit of time with the Marketing Meetup podcast. Today we have a real treat because we have Luca, um, Luca Senatore, who is the agency director of Genie Goals. Uh, which is also the company I work for as my day job. Um, so, you know, I know Luca very well on a personal level, um, both as a friend, but also as a mentor. Luca's, Luca's story is pretty remarkable in that he arrived in the UK about 15 years ago, I think now, and I hope I'm getting this right, but he arrived in the UK about 15 years ago without any English language uh, from Italy and then um, learnt English over the course of the years and eventually became leading this fabulous agency, Genie Goals, um, to work with some of the world's greatest retail brands, including Calvin Klein, Karl Lagerfeld, Mamas and Pappas, Hackett London. It's just an amazing story. And Luca is just a brilliant chap and truly one of the best marketers I know. So. I'm really grateful for him taking the time to speak at the Marketing Meetup. This is a really interesting talk in that he talks about leading a business and how, his, uh, how he approaches it and his ethos and really how that doesn't really revolve around money anymore. It's all about um, eventually helping people and knowing why you're doing something. And that's something that really resonates with me personally too, and the reason why I enjoy working with him. So on this basis, all that's left to say is I really hope you enjoy the talk. Um, if you'd like more from the Marketing Meetup, head to themarketingmeetup.com, listen to more of these podcasts, or come to one of the events. We're in five locations right now, and there's plenty of room to do plenty more around the country and indeed around the world. How very exciting. Um, so enjoy. And I'll see you soon. Good, good evening, guys. It's very nice to meet you all. And thank you very much. That was awesome. That was really good. Thank you. It's very hot in here, so I'm going to have to take this off. It's incredibly hot. Is it just me? No, it's hot. It's hot. Thank you. I thought maybe I was nervous, which I am. So I thought I'd break out with something that... Uh, I think it's worth reflecting on and uh, I really mean it. I want you to imagine yourself just very briefly. You all have been through trouble and adventures but if you imagine landing in a country at the age of 25 with 30 pounds in your pocket, your first week's rent is 95 quid and uh, no, actually sorry, it was 65 quid the first week's rent was 95 so you're 30 pounds in debt and you can't speak a word of the language that they speak there. And uh, that's, that's what happened to me when I was 25. And uh, it was a bit different than it would be today. Because the other day I was playing the piano. I was playing with the piano. And, <laughs> and, and I didn't know how to do a chord. And I said, I was playing off my pixel. And I said, hey, Google, how do you do B minor? And he told me, I like to play B minor. So back then, when I came to this country, I couldn't speak English. I couldn't say, hey, Google, how do you say this? You know, there was no, hey, Google. Yeah. But it is the best time to be alive, even if stuff like this happens. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It is the best time to be alive. I know it's hard to believe because if you seriously think about what's going on in the world, you're doing shit. This can't be the best time to be alive, right? But I'm here to tell you that it is the best time to be alive. Uh, because serious, on a serious note, and this is probably the last serious sentence I'll say this evening. Uh, today, the life expectancy is the highest than it's ever been. Ever. If you rewind many, many years ago, even before I was born, you were looking at 55. Shit, I'm done. I'm like one foot, leg deep in it, right? Now I can start again. You know, 40 is the new 20. Don't say, oh, it's true. You know, I can start. How many people do you know that start a startup or a, a degree at 40? And that's okay. That's not, there you go. Well done. I find. And it's not only okay, it's commendable. It's amazing, right? So, uh, you might disagree with this, and I would invite you to uh, consider the illusion that social media and, and mass distribution of media you know, does. We just know more of the stuff that happens, but actually it's happening less than it's ever done. Death from violence is at the lowest rate it's ever been, ever. Uh, following on to that, uh, we have the best education in terms that uh, education is becoming more and more decentralized. We can learn anywhere. We can learn whatever we want, how to play better with the piano, for example. Uh, you know, you might have your opinions on the, the uh, early stage uh, school curriculum. I certainly have mine. Uh, but irrespective of that, the door is open, you know, for people to learn at whatever age, or whatever culture, and whatever economical background. Because, you know, with Udemy, you can do a full course for twenty nine ninety nine. You know, it's, it's amazing, right? And lastly, uh, the world poverty is at the lowest, irrespective of what the media uh, kind of sends across. Uh, in, uh, I think it was 2012, <coughs> the rate of the uh, third world countries, the poverty was 12.7%. Rewind 10 years before, it was 50% and over. So we're getting better at it. It is really the best time to be alive. But the most important reason why it's the best time to be alive is because we have Google. <laughs> and that's obviously in the context of what we're trying to do here today, which is to, to do business, ultimately, is to do what we love and make some money from it so we can do more of what we love, right? I mean, life is that easy, really. And, and that's why I'm a big advocate of the worst thing that can happen to a human being is to be trapped in a job or in a... In a an adventure they hate that pays them shitloads of money. That's horrible because you can't really walk away, but you hate it, you know. Uh, so if I have the arrogance to give you one advice before we even start, is do what you love. And I'm a great believer in getting better. I know you can be better. That doesn't mean that I think I'm better than you. I'm not by any means because I can learn from every one of you. I was talking to somebody earlier, and if I can get 10% from you, I become 10% better. Mm. If you get 10% from me, you become 10% better. So it's all about kind of cross-pollination, right? So being better doesn't mean that we're not good enough. It just means that we're open to be better. And I think doing what you love allows you to do many things, right? But anyways, let's get into these things. I screwed up so many times, so badly in my life, right? Uh, you need days to listen to all this stuff. <laughs> I promise you. Uh, many, many, many times in a very big way. Uh, I stood up because I started a business for the guy. So here's the thing. I landed to this country. I couldn't speak English. I was a marketing manager in Italy. No way I can do marketing. I can't speak the language, right? So I land on a Thursday evening 
friend of mine was here. He hooks me up with a, a temp agency. They send me to a fish restaurant the day after to wash dishes. At the end of the shift, they say, go home, go home. I think, shit, they think I'm working very hard. They may go home, they'll come back. You can't work here, right? Because I couldn't understand what they wanted me to do. Uh, I went to the colleges where you don't have to speak, so I did silver service for six months. Silver service, you just follow the other way during the whole day. You get home with right? And then eventually, I was, my English got good enough to be a bartender, you know? And uh, listen, if you're 25 and you're me back then, it's like being the MD of Tesla. I appreciate that bit of a Marmite analogy, but you know, for me, it was like, damn, I made it. I've arrived. Mom! I've done it, you know. The American dream, screw that, I've got the English dream. Right? And then eventually I was able to buy some shares in the restaurant. I was a bit of a, you know, dick, so I invested some money. I asked for a loan to buy a car, I opened the shop instead and whatever. And I opened a couple of businesses and the first one really screwed up. My passion was always in marketing, so my goal was to open a marketing consultancy. I did that when my English was okay. And I couldn't work with the people I wanted to work with. I had to work with whoever was brave enough to give me work. Thinking, if we tell Luca marketing, will he understand marketing? Or will he go and buy us stationery? But <laughs> I, I made the mistakes because I, I was doing it for the cash. I come from, I don't want to bore you with my life story, but I come from a place where for me, you know, we all have psychological needs. And for me, the need to be stable financially was important back then because I didn't know any better. So I was doing it for the cash, right? Remember I just gave you an advice, do what you love? I was not doing what I was, was loving, I was doing what was likely to pay. And things went wrong. The second mistake is that I follow the big guys, you know? Uh, if Mediacom is, I can be the next Mediacom, I can do it, I can do what they do, yeah? They, they actually don't do it very well, we just got an incredible breath and they do certain things very well, but the stuff that I wanted to do that they were covering wasn't really as I would have done it, right? So I was following the big guys. I wasn't the big guy, depending on the week, in effect. Well, for pizza, maybe, but it's only physically, <laughs> certainly. Not. And then I did it alone. Uh, I was having a conversation uh, outside and I was talking about being able to let go. You know, my job. So I started this agency because a friend of mine ran a, a, a publishing company and they had this idea to start an agency, but it was always an idea. So I decided to sell my businesses and I joined here, who was also a very good friend and I launched this, this, this agency for them. And from about after a year, my job has always been and still is to make myself redundant. It's to make sure that the business can work without me. You can ask Joe, I try to get away from as many meetings as I can away from as many conversations as I can because I believe that if a business relies on one person, that business is very fragile. If the business relies on a big mission that is equal for the whole group, then the business is solid. The business is romantic and also practical. But when it relies just on the fear of one person, it's not a business, it's a brand. It's a personal brand. The person gets shot in the head, the brand doesn't exist anymore. Well, if you get shot, they probably make more money. But if the person goes up and does something else, you're in trouble. So I did it alone. I was a control freak. I hired a couple of people and they had to do it my way. Uh, I was really a dick. And I was a nice person inside. I wasn't being addicted to beauty. I was trying my best. I had good intentions. I loved everybody. I was just inertly, implicitly a dick. I, didn't, I was so much of a dick, I didn't even realize I was a dick. That's how much of a dick I was. You know, I didn't even realize it was, it was crazy, but it's true. <laughs> and uh, then I decided to write a book. Um, 
about the agency, how to build, grow, and repeat, uh, how to be build a remarkable digital agency business that wins and keeps clients. That is applicable to any business. But before I, I wrote it, I didn't write it just with all the mistakes that I made. I wrote it after I built something that I felt was remarkable. And that wasn't measured by the amount of profit, by the amount of clients, by the amount of publicity that we did. It was based on all the stuff that I sucked at that I could change. Uh, the stuff that I wasn't uh, any longer doing it alone. I wasn't doing it for the money and I wasn't trying to copy the big guys. So in this book, which is 70, 80,000 words, so, you know, I know you don't have that time. I will just give you the first part, which I think is very important. I think it could be a book in itself, which is the why, the what, and the who, which actually represent three chapters of the book, three of the early chapters. It's important to find your why. Again, with Vanessa and uh, other people we were talking outside about why do we do what we do. And I think the moment we do it for the money, the moment we do it for the fame, the moment we want to do because we want to beat these guys that done it and we were at college and they were bullying us or whatever, then these, these are not big enough reasons because of many reasons, including the fact that as soon as an adversity presents itself, it's very easy to say, well, I said I wanted 10 million, but you know what, 5 million would be enough. It's very easy to change the goalposts when the going gets tough. Also, it's not a good idea because, you know, who gives a shit? And okay, if you build and you've got 50 people in your organization and you do it for the money, why should they care? It's very obnoxious and arrogant to think that they should care. Because why should they? They shouldn't. But when you have a bigger why, then they do. When your why is revolutionized digital marketing for many retail brands, it's bigger. It applies and it's, it's embraced by people that really want to do that in marketing. You know, because if you work in marketing, you want to do something that is revolutionary, something that is cool. And that is a mission that is more easily accepted, adopted, and preached by other people in your organization. Certainly more than let's make a bunch of cash and let's buy the new Audi or whatever you want to buy. So to do that, I promise I didn't do this lies after, we realized that after a bit, this purpose was kind of becoming a little bit fragile. And the people that were coming into the organization were not really doing it for the same reasons that we were doing it. And actually, even recently, somebody questions what happens to the profit, which is why we're going to redo what I'm going to tell you now that we did. We took with a couple of uh, members of the senior management team, we took a trip to uh, Lake Como, which is where I grew up, on a mountain, off-season, in an empty, um, uh, how do you call it, estate, uh, with a villa, and because it was off-season, there was nobody there but us. And we locked ourselves in this place three and a half days during a sprint. Sprint is only five days, we didn't have them, so we did three and a half longer days. From six o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock at night, working, locked in. One day, uh, we started writing on the windows. There was a plan. We put post-its anywhere that would take it on the walls. And this particular picture is very important because one day the cleaning team knocks at the door. I open the door and this person goes white, pale. I think, what the hell is the problem? And what was supposed to be me talking on the phone with a prospective customer about their objective looked like me wanting to shoot everybody. And these people <laughs> having seen this, this, this drawing obviously panicked. <laughs> and it was a big investment of our time. You know, three and a half days, we came home with an incredible amount of work and notes and follows up and, and, and roadmaps. As you can see, there were drawing and post-its everywhere. But today we have this. 
Today, this is a section of our website. I butchered the homepage, sorry, Joe. Uh, but our mission is revolutionizing the digital marketing for great retail brands and it's spread everywhere around our collaterals. We talk about it, we preach about it, and it all came from that day, many years ago, when we went to the mountain. And now we're seeing the mission become a little bit more kind of fragile again and then cracking. So we're doing another trip to reinforce it and then to distribute it to have a sense of purpose. We're talking about books today. So if you come across a book by Dan Pink, I can't remember the title, it's quite long, but if you Google Dan Pink Motivation, he wrote a book where he argues that motivation is really given by three key elements. Mastery, so the ability for people to be masters of what they do or to go and learn to be masters. So you need to put the training and everything that they need in place. The second is autonomy, the ability for people to go and actually get stuff done without you micromanaging. And the third one is a bigger sense of purpose. And the bigger sense of purpose in this case for us is that, but actually we have to. We have revolutionized the digital marketing uh, industry one with the brand of the time, and two is to create the best possible environment where we want to go to work every day, where people want to go to work not just because of the work, not just because of the money, but because they like spending time with other people there. And I'm pretty, pretty super excited, in fact, and I'm pretty confident that that's happening at Jenny. You know, most people come to work because they like being at work. And if we were to say, guys, we need to move office for two weeks, you have to work at home, I'm pretty sure that most of them would not like it. And that's, that's what we like to do, because everybody can relate to that, right? If I go, well, guys, we need to make two million next month because I want the money, why should they care? But if we say, guys, we need, guys, we need to work harder because we want to create the best possible place for you to come and work and spend your time, they'll buy into that. And that's also true, right? So this is one of, uh, the, I'm very obnoxious, I know, I take a, I've taken a course from my own book. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've written them, so, you know, the only force that can keep us going when the going gets really fucking tough, apologies for the swearing, is having strong reasons to keep going, strong wise. I truly believe that to be the true in many things. You know, I've been involved in professional uh, sports for a while, and whenever you do it for just to please somebody, you need to do it for deep, bigger reasons. When your goals are connected to a strong, deep-rooted why, then they're worth fighting for. When that happens, you will become a very dangerous competitor for anyone in your space. They're all here in industry. And I think that's very true. You know, people that, people that win are not the best. People that win are the ones that keep going. And I believe strongly that hard work beats talent any day of the week. And the second point is the what. And this is a very big point for me because technology. There you go. Oh, there must be like 150,000 empty slides. Uh, so these are the four questions that I think are very important when we even continue our business. Not just when we start, but even when we continue when we want to grow. What is the proposition? What do we actually do? And I don't mean we do marketing, we do digital marketing. Oh, I think, what do we do that is different? What do we do that is remarkable and what problem do we solve? There is nothing that kills me the most to see businesses starting just for the sake of making a bit more money, to taking a bit of a slice of the cake. It's a big market, we must tap into that. That's horrible, that's so boring. That's really horrible. I think, if you think of Amazon, Apart from the A to Z shopping experience, you know, they started with books, they already knew it. The A to Z means, you know, from A to Z, they can buy anything you want. They knew it. They were going to be the biggest marketplace in the world, and they are. They deliver in one hour in London. 
you know, if you ask me to go for a beer and you call me, I probably need an hour and a half to get ready, right? <laughs> they deliver in one hour. You click an hour later, they can give you the stuff. It's ridiculous. A one-click buying experience that you trust. Remember the first time you input your credit card details in a website? You think, shit, and that was, you probably did it with an account that you only had £10 in it, right? Now with Amazon, you're happy to just go for it, right? <laughs> On subscription, Prime, they got, I mean, it's remarkable what they've done. And yes, they are very tight in money. They, we work with Amazon. They are process driven. They're talking code so that when they speak, people can't understand. You know, I'm not, I'm, I don't know what it's like to work in Amazon, but certainly from a user perspective, they're winning because they are remarkable. You can't deny that. Uh, Huel, anybody knows Huel? You know, the food replacement uh, industry. What a boring industry. Slim fast, lose weight. Of course, you're losing weight. You're drinking your food. You're not eating. Of course, you're losing weight. <laughs> you know, duh. And they came out with this crude diet. This is 100% of your RDAs. Are you in a hurry? You stop at W's Meat, you get a sandwich, you get 20%. You know, nothing. There you get 100% of the RBAs. I travel loads too much, and it's not glamorous. I get from a taxi to a plane, from a plane to an office, and vice versa. So I'm nowhere. I'm just in, in, in vehicles. But I, I like I like to get nutrition in my body. I, I shake a euro, and I know that I'm getting 100% of my RBA. It's two pound a pop, so it's less than a meal. It's great. That's remarkable. Their marketing is excellent. The brand is excellent. It's remarkable. The user experience is fantastic. You know, they send you a little t-shirt and a shaker, they do funny videos, you know, it's different. <laughs> Zappos, anybody know Zappos? Traditional company, but then customer service is second to none. A lady, an old lady had to return a pair of shoes because of back problems, no hip problems. She couldn't wear them. They send somebody, uh, they, they send a bunch of flowers to the lady with a get well and not, and somebody else who could not get a product, they travel 500 kilometers to deliver that product. These are remarkable organizations. And I know I can read minds. And you tell me if I'm not right. Some of you are thinking, well, but the big guys, of course they can do, they got millions. It's not just the big guys. Rev.com, you speak to the damn thing, you press a button, it gets transcribed, you get it 12 hours later, and you got your blog post. I wrote a quarter of my book that way. Yeah, because I don't have time to write, I'm in the car, I'm talking to it, sends it away, it comes back with quality from 75% up. Cape to Cuba, a restaurant in South Africa where everything is for sale. Everything. You sit on a chair, you can take the chair home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want the plate, take it. They'll wash it for you. <laughs> Rolling Dodge is the academy that I built before. Uh, I took no shortcuts. I spent all my money. I had no money left. Put all my money. I had three kids, a full-time job, and I was writing a book. Right? I opened a state-of-the-art academy, and today is the busiest in the county, and one of the best in the country because we partnered with four of the best instructors in the world. I didn't do it for the money. I knew the money would never come home. I knew the moment I spent it, I said goodbye to the money. It's been nice. It's been emotional. Never come home. But what comes home is the smiles of kids that perhaps we don't have the opportunity. I, uh, it was the anniversary of the gym, and last, because I'm still a little bit of a geek, uh, I improved a lot. I'm still, uh, I forgot that it was the anniversary of the gym. So today or yesterday, I put out a post saying, no, 11 11 was the anniversary of the gym. A long post, you know, saying what I feel. And one of the moms says, thank you so much. You literally, the academy literally changed my son's life. And, you know, I get goosebumps. You put a price there. You do it for the money if you like. I do it for this stuff. It's much better. And to do that, it just requires a little bit of different thinking. It doesn't require big guns. I do that even when I'm overweight. You know, it, it requires just a bit of different thinking. What do you see there? Quick. ABC. ABC. 
What do you see now? Yeah, it's the same thing, right? So I just we put things in the context. In the moment we start thinking that, right, we can solve problems like this. Anybody come across this problem before? No, okay, so I'll give you the challenge. You have a box of pins, a, ca a candle, I promise you it's a candle, <laughs> and a box of matches. Okay? I need you to hand the candle to the wall so it doesn't spill on the table. How do you do it? When they did this research, most people said they will burn the side of the candle and stick it to the wall. That doesn't work. But that's how you fix it, right? So the moment you apply a little bit of lateral thinking, you can do the stuff that Amazon is up as you will do without really needing all that resources. It's just a little bit of lateral thinking. And, and I, you know, I hate when you go to an event and people blow each other's, you know, it's hateful. But Joe, as a marketer, has got that skill. He's able to think lateral and come up with great ideas that are often cheaper than the traditional route. Right? It's just a little bit of, how can I do this in the most effective way, in a way that nobody else does it, just for the sake of being different? And if it goes wrong, then at least I went wrong with something nobody's done. Think of the pressing it is to try and copy somebody and then you screw up. They don't and you didn't. There, there you go, loser. You know, at least try something new. Anybody know Stripe? So the financial industry has been, well, still is, probably the clankiest industry in the world. Yeah, you try and change the way it works. I set up, so believe it or not, it makes me feel old, I am old, but I taught the first AdWords model in 2004 to a group of people that business is part of a course that I was doing. And uh, I remember the one of the, the hardest parts was, okay, you can be an affiliate, you can sell stuff, how do you integrate the PayPal button onto your landing page? was the hardest thing, because it's clunky, it goes for 150,000 security checks. This is PayPal, imagine with a bank. You know, they need to send a squad team to verify that you're okay. It's a clunky industry. The, the Collision Brothers uh, from Ireland, uh, immigrated to, to uh, Silicon Valley eventually, uh, came up with one line of code, one uh, one line of code. I was like, read my book. That's a bill. Why have you come to action? In the book, I talk about the Stripe uh, case, the whole story. But you can find Google Stripe, and you on Wikipedia you can find a lot of it. And they came up with one line of code, and they disrupted the industry completely. They were the first one that allowed you to take a machine for twenty nine pounds, and anybody can pay with a card. They take the money, they put the money into your bank account for less fees than traditional banking. It's incredible. And all they did was lateral thinking. They were called one line of code. There's nothing genius about that. They said, who's to say that we need regulations? If my merchants trust me, who's to say we need it? They did it. it they proved it was secure. Went to Silicon Valley, Facebook and PayPal uh, employed it. There you go. That was the end of it. Who's to say? There's a, it's in the book, but it's not here. Uh, LearnBest, which is a financial education website for uh, pensions and this lady started it and she was working for the traditional uh, industry and she wanted to to get to the millennials the, the young kids because they don't think about it and they don't start in the u.s and 95 percent of people below 50 don't even know what they're going to do when they retire in terms of finances so she wanted to speak our language and she almost got sued by the federations involved because she was being too approachable to using language that wasn't professional and she uh, invested, she, she, she built the learn best. And it was incredible because the percentage of people that were investing in their passion skyrocketed within a year. And she made millions in the process. Lateral thinking. She just changed the tone of voice. And for me, that's remarkable. There's another quote from my book, Obnoxious. 
Let me beg you, please. Please don't start just another fill in the blank just for the sake of taking a slice of the cake. These cakes always end up tasting fucking disgusting. I don't curse a lot in the book, but you just feel the what I do. I'm sorry. There are little things as sad as starting mentions just to create a copycat of something that already exists. It's the saddest thing in the world. Be different, solve problems, and be remarkable. Self God will tell you to be remarkable. Right? Okay. Lastly, we're talking about this again outside. Uh, find your who. So, in an organization, chances are that even if you're the leader, you don't have all the skills. If you're the leader, you obviously don't have all the skills. <laughs> Other people do. But I think that collectively, we can all achieve more than any one of us individually. Finding the right people is very important. We try not to fill roles. Because if we fill a role today, especially in an industry as fast-paced as digital marketing, that role may not even exist in a year time, because we may automate that stuff. What do we do with that person then? We try to hire people when we find people. We find, well, this person is good. And she, he or she ticks all the behavioral boxes that they want to generate. And we just hire that person. And then we'll find a role for them. And it always works out well. This is some of the people at Ginny, and this is Paolo. Paolo is a farmer, he chose to be a farmer, and he chose to live a very simple life, and he didn't even learn Italian. He just learned the dialect of where I come from. And if you, if you know where I come from, you know that if you live in one city, the dialect is one, and then you move 50 kilometers to another city, they have a different dialect, and you can't understand each other. So he could only speak dialect. He had a farm, and he let all the kids use the barn and all the facility that he had, and he didn't ask questions. Uh, to cut the long story short, after a few years, some of these kids, most of these kids that came out of this habit were either great at sport, great at music, great at school, and all their parents got curious, and it's a Paolo. It seems to be a pattern that people that come here at the weekend end up doing something good. What do you do with these kids? And they say, I don't know. But what I do know is that if you put special people in the room, then the magic happens. And I feel with people that's so, so true. The best things that happen, who runs a company? The best thing that happens in your organization happens when you leave. When you go on holiday, they will decline. Isn't it true? They will decline, stuff gets fixed. You know, that you get out of the way and they get on with things. You know, you do your great thing and leading and spreading a message, inspiring them, giving support. If you are still into hierarchy, we are kind of fundamentally as a as a as an organization, we don't really act as if we have an hierarchy, but I think the pyramid should be upside down where the senior management is there to support everybody else, not to control everybody else. And so when you get out of the way, everybody else gets really on with the stuff that they are doing. And again, another quote, if you have the wrong people in your organization, then you, the organization has cancer. But if you get, uh, and if you get this wrong, you're in trouble. But if you get it right, you're on the head of a journey, even when the, when the, the, the going gets tough, You'll have a fantastic group of people around you to carry on through the storm and come out the other end and scream, victory, we made it. Yeah. This is how, how hard it's going to be to do the audio version of this book. <laughs> and it brings me back to the best time to be alive because with the information that we have, with the access to information that we have, and with the talent that we have, we can certainly look to create an organization based on our true why. We can certainly create an organization that does remarkable work and solve problems. And certainly we can work to find the best people to accompany through that journey. Because the truth is that we really don't have any excuse now to settle for anything less than we love. 
if you remember, if you were around ten years ago, there was a if there would have been a boardroom and a twenty-five year old, he or she would have been making the coffee. Today, in a boardroom, a twenty-five year old comes in and teach everybody else how to grow hacking, how to use uh, the internet. It's a great, great environment because if you run a company, you have many twenty-year-olds that you can use in the organization. I need to close my sales pitch. <laughs> 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 Thank you very much.